Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 106 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome, Good. welcome, welcome. Uh, yep, uh, it is afternoon here in the the great city of Washington, D.C. Far afternoon, but... Yeah, yeah, well, it's not afternoon at all. Well, it is afternoon. Yeah, it is. The hey, way afternoon. Cool. See you guys next time. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, this is the most comprehensive comics podcast on the internet. It's the trademarked. Yep, and... Because we say so, and nobody else has said it's not, so... Not official. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not official. My name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And, uh, yeah, we haven't said this in a long time. You can follow us on Twitter, at Big Planet Comics. You should. You, you can uh, check out our Facebook. You should. It's True. easy to find. And uh, we got a Tumblr. Which yeah. is really cool. Which yeah, it, yeah, I got some ice cubes in it. Got some whiskey in it. Yep. It's pretty great. It's a Toon Tumblr. <laughs> it's got a picture of a uh, dude from Walking Dead. It's actually a Batman Forever Tumblr. Um, I, bought, I bought a bunch of those. I thought the Tumblr know. was from Batman Begins. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Uh, that was our Tumblr jokes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I actually do have a Tumblr from Batman Forever. <laughs> See oh, you boy. guys next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, we're we're here to review some comics and do some news and stuff. But Talk about Tumblr. Before we do that, what's been going on, you guys? Jared. Jared's always got something. Come yeah, on, Jared, Jared. You, did you go someplace again? I sort of did. Did you go uh, to, like, uh, South Africa or something? Or? No, I went to Maryland, which was almost as bad. <gasps> as bad? Above what's wrong with South Africa? Above the Mason-Dixon uh, line. I'd have to fly. It's far away. Sorry to all our South oh, African yeah, fans. Jared is terrified of flying. Oh, yeah, yep. you are. Uh, but we went with a bunch of friends and new acquaintances to play Airsoft, which I didn't quite know what it was, but it is basically running around <laughs> in a warehouse with realistic-looking weapons that shoot small, like, pellets, pellets. inch pellets yep. at each other. And they hurt more than paintballs. They... Depends on where you get hit. But, yeah, uh, when they start literally saying, do you want a, like, flak jacket thing to put on or, like, a bulletproof vest... And that just comes with the rental. <laughs> I was like, Jared's I, like, oh, what do you mean? Yeah, I was like, yes, I'll take one of those and those gloves. The gloves were cool. They had, like, hardened plastic on them. Did you have knuckles. goggles? Uh, I had a whole face mask. Yeah, you have oh, to wear a whole it. face mask. That's yeah, sadly. It. Yeah, I, I imagine getting hit. So so was this, like, a single little, uh, like, football field size thing, or was it, like, a scenario? It was just a, a giant warehouse where they put up, like, uh, plywood walls. And so it was just running around. It was from... ten blocks of New York. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it. Like, it'd be much cooler if it was a bigger space. It's but... like a place where people shoot, like, crappy horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I haven't played Airsoft. I used to play paintball a lot. Yeah, I've played paintball before. I was going to say, you mean New Line Cinema? This was, <laughs> this was a lot more hardcore because it's, like, all the crazy people are like, I don't like paintball because the guns aren't realistic enough. And you're like, hey, we're going to get shot by some crazy <laughs> dude in the parking lot. Do that. So in paintball, they have grenades that oh, like yes. are things that shoot paint out. What are the equivalent of grenades in airsoft? Do they just Grenades like, full of pellets. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like a dirty bomb. <laughs> Pretty much. When They're I was like, like pieces of shards of glass. and grenades? And we're like, what? And we're all like using like the cheapest knockoff rentals. And all these guys have like modified, you know, realistic looking weapons. Did you, you, you just use bullets? What? <laughs> Pretty much. What was your gun? Uh, well, I didn't recognize what the standard one was, but the the special ones you could rent were AK-47s. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm shooting someone with an AK-47. Were they really AK-47s just modified to shoot They, modified they to looked shoot. pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, we used to make grenades. We would use medicine bottles and gunpowder and um, nickels. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so basically, wow. you're building pipe bombs. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, basically. Awesome. I had a thing called the Anarchist Cookbook. And we oh, would, yeah. um, Never heard of it. <laughs> we would use that. Yeah, just a little thing <laughs> Post 9-11, none of us have heard of that. Yeah, this was pre-9-11. Uh, anyway, right before. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that sounds 
like a crazy thing? That's fine. Yeah, oh, it's fine. And uh, so that involves a lot of crouching, and I am not in shape to crouch. My thighs have been in pain for like three days. Oh, boy. You're like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old and out of shape. What about you, Nick? Man, what did I do? Oh, boy. Did I already talk about seeing Wolf of Wall Street? Probably did already. I think so. Yeah, we talked about it last man. week. It's so good. I haven't done anything about, about it limits. again, man. That movie's amazing. I haven't done anything since then. I watched the new episode of Marvel's Agents Shield. It was really good. That show's really good yeah. now. What? Sif on it? Sif was, was on it. Do I have episode. to watch all of them to enjoy it, or is it just? Kind of I just on? watched the new one. Mm, watch the last two or three. <laughs> yeah. Watch the last twelve. Well, you could jump in on the new one though. It's a new storyline. It's pretty okay. good. Yeah, you might want to watch the last five minutes of the one before it. And that kind of sets it up. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, is that it? What else did I do? Uh, man, I really haven't done much of anything. It's okay. Didn't I got some, drunk. Thanks uh, times <laughs> that's, that's important. I did that too. Probably a couple times. Went to karaoke. It's fun. Nice. What you saying? The same Purple Rain. Oh, oh the best wow. thing was I went to karaoke with a live band. Wow, that's so you had a live band playing with you. So you picked a song and they would play it. Yeah, that's like any song you wanted. Awesome. It was great because uh, the one part was like uh, I was singing Purple Rain and the guy's like, "All right, you got to break down here." He like paused it. <laughs> He's like, "You're ready," and I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> What does that even mean? Yeah. He, it was just like a part. It was like a part where he's like. Oh, is it the part where he's like. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> he's like, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was I, like, oh, boy. Man, I forgot that was in Purple Rain. Yeah. That's intense. But I nailed it. Well, see, yeah, that sounds like a fun thing to do. That sounds awesome. It was fun. Yeah. Um, what did I do? I uh, I know what you did. What? You hustled. Your oh, products. yeah. Yeah. I went. Yeah. I went, went to 14th I Street? forgot about that. Um, <laughs> no, I went to a comic convention. I tabled at a comic convention with Woo-hoo. my. Friend and roommate and enemy, Brooke <laughs> Allen. Uh, and we had a comic called Machine Gun Kelly's there. And she was giving away free copies of Lumberjanes. It was fun. It was called Smudge Expo. Uh, it was a free thing in Arlington, Virginia. A bunch of kids. That's awesome. Which was good because we had Adventure Time comics and, yep. um, you know, uh, Lumberjanes, which is pretty kid-friendly as well. Yeah. Right? And, and, yeah, they were, like, asking us how we make comics. And oh, stuff. yeah? It was, yeah, it was oh, fun. That's awesome. Fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, sold a bunch of stuff. It seemed like a cool thing. Sold out of few things wow nice. awesome. sold out of zodiac star force now finally nice 200 copies i believe wow yep. yeah um and uh Sick. sold out of my new one night of the monsters nice yeah. oh did you yeah that's awesome yeah you got print some more for us yeah it was fun though and uh besides that i've been uh playing titanfall oh did you start playing that yeah it's, it's so great. good I'm sure it's, great. it's like uh it's like an online only game where it's like call of duty except there are giant mechs in it as well right sold. so as you <laughs> uh like you know gain more points you basically get a mech does it really suck if you're just like a guy no because you get a mech every like three minutes or whatever. Oh, okay so, i thought you're just like a guy and there's like other people that have mechs <laughs> like, this, is a, this is uneven no no but sometimes you are a dude fighting mechs but you wow. have these like lock-on missiles and stuff like That's that cool. it's nice. pretty awesome and uh you can wall run in it and double jump so the nice. like traversing the stage is like crazy it's like wow. playing mirror's edge or something like that wow. uh it's an awesome awesome game so is it like a challenge if you're in a mech to have a lot of normal guys shooting at you, or is it and other mechs? No, I know, but like, is it actual threat by just people running around with missiles? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh wow, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and also, people can like do things like run up a wall, double jump, and land on the top of your mech and pull awesome. you out of it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I really played cool. the new Strider. <laughs> oh, I heard it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty fun. Um, yeah, so I played a little bit of that. I played a little bit of um, uh, what is the that other game? I played a weird game called Dyad. All I do is play video games. I played a little <laughs> bit of uh, the new Final Fantasy, Cloud Lightning Returns. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, all the people in that are named, like, Storm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but mostly Titanfall was pretty exciting. But mostly I did that convention, and it was fun. Yeah, that's cool. Check out Machine Gun Kelly's. Let's review it. It was great. It was great. It was short and great. Yeah. Do you guys read it? We yeah. want more. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. So that's about it. 
You guys want to do some news? Sure. Let's do it. Nothing very interesting happened uh, this week, but uh, let's go. I'm going to save the first one for last because it's the best one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, DC Comics cancels Green Team Team Trillionaires collection permanently. I just found that out a little while ago from Jared. So apparently, I guess nobody ordered it. (laughs) Green Team Team Trillionaires from DC Comics. It's the first uh, trade that DC Comics has ever canceled. Uh, Well, at least for the New 52, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's, I mean, it it's the only book that sells well. less than the movement. Yeah, yeah, which is also canceled. Did they cancel the trade of that as well? No, but they canceled the series, so. Oh, did they? Ugh. Oh. But in good in good news, there's a new DC comic series oh. to replace Green Team. Yes. Uh, by uh, Dan Didio. Yes, And yes. Keith Giffen. Yes, yes. Uh, and it's called Infinity Man and the Forever People. What's it's that based, mean? What? It's, it's based on... Uh, one of uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World series. Oh, oh. Weird. Um, and it's drawn with Giffen in like that Kirby style. Wow. Um, but it's also written by Dan Didio. Yeah, so, so I, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, you know, Giffen did that with Omac, and it was I thought the art in that was pretty cool. But Dan Didio also wrote that, and that was a series that can- got canceled really fast. Maybe yeah. one of the first ones that got canceled. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. I don't know why they're putting them back together to do this. Yeah. Except that um, uh, Dan grasping. Didio is the guy that gets to choose which comics get made. So <laughs> grasping at straws. It's true. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Jim Zub announced that he's doing the next uh, Disney's Magic Kingdoms or whatever it's called. Like, The Seekers of the Weird was Who the is Jim one. Zub? He writes Skull Kickers. He writes oh. Skull Kickers, but he also writes the Samurai Jack comics. And oh, okay. Pathfinder. Oh, bunch of stuff. There and uh, he's doing the next Disney Seeker. Oh, it's not Seekers of the Weird. Disney, what is it called? Uh, Imagine- Disney Imagineers. Disney Kingdoms. And he's doing uh, a, figment, of Hearts. a Figment comic with art by, uh, by uh, Felipe Andrade. Uh, Felipe Andrade drew that uh, John Carter miniseries oh, really? that yep. Roger Langridge wrote. Oh, yeah. and, did Captain uh, Marvel for a little he did bit. Captain Marvel, he's a good artist. Yeah. But uh, cool. if you guys don't know who Figman is. Yeah, what is that? He's the uh, dragon at Epcot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did not know that. Yep, and they're doing a comic based on that. They should do a Captain EO comic. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Great. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I, I like Secrets of the Weird, and uh, I like <laughs> the, I like the uh, Samurai Jack comic right now. Yeah. So maybe this will be a good comic. We'll see. Uh, and the last and the only piece of news here that's actually worth anything is uh, Viz announced. Figment thing is cool. Yeah, it's right. cool. Yeah. Uh, Viz announced that they're doing an English language edition of Naoki Urasawa's Master Key. So Naoki Urasawa, if you don't know, does 20th Century Boys, did and, Monster, uh, Monster, and Pluto, okay. and uh, this is his new one, Master Keaton. And uh, Jared, you know all about this thing. I don't. Oh, okay. I read well, about it, and it, I just heard that it was coming out, and I was excited. But I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah. anything about it. New Urasawa is always it great. Like detective stuff? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But Pluto oh, really? is really awesome, and uh, so this will probably be really good, too, because yeah. yeah. all those things are really it's awesome. It's one of his early classics. That's all I know. <laughs> that's all I got for news. All right. Well, uh, we got a few signings coming up, though. Information. Uh, on Sunday, April 6th, at our College Park location, Curtis J. Weeby and Rock Up Church of Rat Queens will be there. Uh, from 1 to 4 p.m. on Wednesday, May 7th. Becky Cloonan and Sean Simon, uh, the writer and artist of The True Lies of the Fabulous Killjoys, will be at our Vienna location uh, sometime in the evening. Yep. It'll be like a soiree. And uh, <laughs> Saturday, May 29th, Fox Brown and the recently added Pat Alicio will be there uh, with Andre the Giant, Life and Legend, and uh, Pat Alicio will probably have some Bowman comics and things. And, yeah, I checked with him. So He's got you... like eight minis out, so we'll have a bunch of comics from him. Did you... He... 
what gun Andre the Giant? No, no. And he's just like he's also there. They're he's like, Box Browns. They're the Philly, <laughs> the, the <laughs> Philly crew. So they're doing a mini tour together. That's cool. Yeah, we're I mean, also, they're both awesome. We're also yeah. announcing that Ian Harker is going to be there, and uh, no, no, I'm just spoiler I'm just alert. Name a bunch oh, of people from Philly. You get to stick them all in the car. Spoiler, Josh Bayer is going to be there. Here's a spoiler. Andre the Giant was great. Oh yes, we, so good. We all got to read a preview copy of it. We'll talk about it at some point. It's right? amazing. When can we talk about? Do it? Do we have to wait till it comes we can out? Talk about it now. No, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Let's talk about it when Box Brown is here. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk about we'll it with talk him because we'll probably yeah. have him on the podcast. Yeah, we hope we'll we review it and then the talk, talk to him. <laughs> review it first. Uh, uh, I don't know. Box. Which way should we do it? We're like it's pretty bad, and here's Box That's Brown. Right. Yeah, hated it. Why did you write this comic? First question. Because it was awesome. All right, I do have a question. That somebody sent in this week, you guys. Is it from Box Brown? It's not from Box Brown. Yeah, For like, Box Brown? He's like, why did you guys hate this Andre the Giant book? Uh, so here we go. Here it is. This question is from Pat. Pat says, after reading Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics a few years ago. Boo. What? Uh, what? Nick has never read Understanding Comics. Uh, and he refuses really? to. Yep, he really? Refuses. I understand yeah. comics. Uh, he's <laughs> no, you don't. Very co- not on the intellectual level. He just wants to be contrarian. Uh, after me. reading Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics... Uh, A few years ago, I started reading comics differently. What are some other books that changed the way you looked at comics? Uh, Keep up the great podcast, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for the question, Pat. And thanks for um, the Yeah, he sent that in an email. He emailed it to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com. You can do the same thing if you want to ask You should. We love hearing from you. Uh, yeah, what, what do you guys think? Uh, I bet Nick does not have an answer to this question. Sure he does. I'll think about it. Nick hates to read about things. He just wants to read the things. Uh, days... Who wants to read about comics? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, days of Future Past, where I realized that like storylines could jump in the future. That was pretty awesome. Oh, okay. Is that the kind of thing we're talking <laughs> about? Change what? Your, no, change let me your... read this question. No, I, yeah. The change the way you looked at comics. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I, I'll definitely say if you're talking about a comic... Um, then uh, that's a uh, good question. Uh, for me, when I was a kid, I read Dark Knight Returns, and I was like, "Wait, a, like Batman can be this? Like comics yeah. can be this thing as well?" Well, after I read the Feminine Mystique, um, no, okay. <laughs> after Wait, I read, read Sex and the Single Girl, <laughs> yeah, the Golden Bow. Um, I think for me, uh, one that really was interesting. Well, this is more about writing comics, though. So I don't know. I, no, I read, it just says what are books that changed the way you looked at comics. Yeah. So. Uh, well, the Will Eisner books, the three yeah, Will Eisner that's books, true. are really interesting. Really pushes the potential of what comics can do. Yeah. Uh, definitely understanding comics for me. Yep. Also, the um, as far as superhero comics go, the Denny O'Neill uh, DC Guide to Writing Comics oh, really? is really interesting, I just because I. You know, it was before that. I didn't, I didn't really think about structure in a comic right. issue, and it kind of showed me how a lot of comics have similar structures, but then can huh. kind of work within those. Um, and then one, and this is weird, but as far as uh, from like what I consider good storytelling in comics and what I what I don't like, I, there's a book that David Mamet wrote called On Directing Film, right? And in that, he talks a lot about economy of storytelling and how it applies to being a director. And I think a lot of those things apply to like what make comics good as well and now i kind of look for things that he mentions like that every scene should sort of serve like a purpose if not a dual purpose right and like uh, i don't know it's 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 an interesting book and it made me think about comics in a different way yeah i just read that based on your recommendation i found it really interesting how he's trying to like always strip it down to the simplest purest way to function as part of the story or part of the plot it was, it was fascinating like because he, he was teaching as a class, and they basically just recorded the lecture. And there's always a lot of, like, conversations and arguments with the students. Yeah. And stuff that I thought were good answers he would shoot down. So it was really interesting to see. Like, he was just trying to tell a very simple story, and yet it seemed like there's always a simpler, better way to tell something. Which yeah, I thought was and really I think cool. that applies to comics a yeah, lot as well. Yeah, that's what was very interesting, yeah, yeah. seeing how to kind of apply it across There's like definitely that. some comics that are 
just explain things way too much. Yeah, like yeah. something like, we'll talk about later. Yeah, like uh, uh, three pages of info dump or whatever at the right. beginning, and it's just like you you need to do a, this a better way. I would say more than any book or anything, actually trying to make a comic. No, oh, that's makes true. me look at comics differently. Yeah, um, whenever. <laughs> You know, the more I draw stuff, the more I look at how other things are drawn, and I'm like, oh, that's how, you know, you, that's how this guy draws that, or that's how this guy draws noses, or this guy draws, like, arms, or, you know, just different style, stylistic choices, and I see those more often, and also I see it in the writing, I'm like, oh, well, you don't really need to tell us all this, like, just that's show true. us, that. and, like, yeah. you know, some comics start off with, like, way too complicated, like, just throw people into a situation and kind of do it organically but a lot of people just don't they just like yeah they have like info dumps rather than just like yeah we're on a space station some crazy things are happening it's like and it's like why are you telling me let's just show me yeah you see like uh what there was that comic i we didn't review pariah uh well yeah there's that one there was another one too but but yeah it's like when you see those like like a like a full page of text basically at the beginning it's like you know that this is like some dude who's had this story in his head for like 15 years and he's finally getting to write it yeah Yeah, and uh and for for some and like people just lose sight of what people want out of a story which is you know characters make yeah it's make it easy to follow just fun and just Oh, I got one. Uh, I mean, all of his work has kind of pushed the boundary for it, but one that really hammered it was uh, when Mazzo Kelly did uh, Asterios Polyp. Like, all of his free... He did, like, a bunch of short stuff he published himself and, of course, worked on Daredevil and all that. But, like, Asterios Polyp, like, did more with, like, form and function and, like, even lettering and mood and, like, artistic choices. Like, stuff that you just don't even think comics can do until you see someone doing it like everyone could be doing this if they wanted to and he does it so well well i think what's good about that too is it sh- it's like uh i think what he showed in a steer's pop is that you can tell a formally interesting yes. story but also you still have a, a sort of story. emotional heart in it yeah. but i think uh, you know chris ware i guess does that a little bit as well but that's uh, true yeah, but chris ware mazakelli did it in different ways it was pretty interesting and like uh will eisner's like spirit stuff which i think i noticed more when alan moore did it in his tomorrow stories thing where he was telling like story in an apartment building where you could read from panel to panel was like different rooms of the apartment building and each floor was set in a different time so like the ground floor was like 20 years ago the middle floor was 10 years ago and the top floor was the present or the future it was was bananas it's just like that was an alan moore thing yeah oh that's weird how many different sort of seminal comics are about apartment buildings yeah (laughs) Yeah. because there's building stories oh that's true and there's uh the isn't it what's uh the apartment? Yeah, the apartment. Isn't that or the... The building? The building, the building yeah. 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 Is, I, the, I, is the Eisner I'm one. I'm almost positive it was an Eisner homage because it was very yeah. in the style yeah. of I'm it. sure the apartment is a movie. So just just look yeah. for... Uh, and Hawkeye. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just no. look for any comic that has a building in it and it's going to blow your mind. Yep, that's true. Um, hopefully an apartment Whether building. it's Avengers Tower or the Baxter Building, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hopefully that answered your p- question, Pat. If you guys have questions, you can send those to our Twitter at Big Planet Comics, or you can send them to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com, or you can ask us in person, or um, you can leave us a message on the Meverse on your Wii U. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. I think it does. Uh, yeah, so you guys want to do some reviews? Okay, sure. Let's do it. We love comics, they're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right, up first this week, we have one of a couple new Avengers comics. This is Avengers Undercover number one. This is written by Dennis Hopeless, uh, who wrote the series that this is a sequel to, um, Avengers Arena. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And it was drawn by Kev Walker as well. Yep. Uh, and, Shows what I know. Yep. And, uh, and then also Dennis Hopeless wrote the awesome X-Men season one 
Oh, that and then novel was he great. also wrote the awesome Legion of Monsters miniseries yep. from uh, a few years ago. And uh, and Kev Walker drew Thunderbolts for a while when it was at its best, I think. Right. And uh, drew uh, yeah Avengers Arena. Yeah, yeah. So this is a straight follow up to Avengers Arena that right. kind of takes the form of a revenge story. Yeah, and uh, the good thing about this is actually it uh, it feels. I feel like you could actually read this without having read Avengers Arena. Well, because the first five pages recap everything that happened. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a good, saying, re- there's they a good do a recap. Good recap. They do a good job yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so basically, this takes place almost, man, like a few months, I guess, after Avengers Arena. Um, all the characters that were in Avengers Arena, all the kids are back, um, back home, or uh, something resembling home, and uh, it's each. Each segment of this book deals with one of the characters or two of them and how they are adapting to this world after Avengers Arena where they had to – they forced to kill each other and, and fight to the death. Um, and most importantly, it was filmed and then broadcast. So everyone now knows that these people – it's like watching right. Survivor and like so people they, yeah, are actually getting killed on it. So, so like you of, see them and you're like, you know, that you're a coward or you killed your friends right. or you betrayed somebody and – so, yeah, so at the end of Avengers Arena, all the, all the kids that were left escaped, um, but Arcade had the last laugh because he had it all recorded and sent it out on uh, YouTube as, like, webisodes, and so everybody's seen it. Um, and the beginning starts with somebody talking about it, and then you see how one of the characters reacts to it, which is uh, Hazmat, and, um, and then it gets a kind of, like, more interesting stuff where you see, like, Chase from Runaways. He's, like, uh, he's got, like kind of a douchey glasses on and he's got a mohawk and he's like on appearing on talk shows talking about his time on the on the show but he's like being melodramatic and stuff and uh um nico shows up and she's like what are you doing and i don't know it's it's cool little like vignettes about what where each the characters are and we can yeah. show that each character has gone in a different direction with kind of dealing with the trauma of it like yeah and it's, it's it's affected each of them in very different ways um one of them being uh, Bloodstone, who decides he's he you know he had a really horrible experience in uh, in Avengers Arena. Now he wants to just kill Arcade, so he's just blowing up Arcade's mansion trying to find him. Um, yeah, and the bulk of this is is mostly like these these characters getting back together to go save him um, because he's gone into um, Bengalia, right? Is that what it's called? Which is the underground city that's just full of supervillains and the masters of evil. Um, and they're going in there to save him because he's been missing him for a little while. Yep. And it's great. Yeah. I thought it's it was really yeah, good. I thought it was really well done. And, yeah, I think, like you said, you can read this without reading Avengers Arena. I read the beginning of Avengers Arena and didn't finish it. Yeah, me too. Um, not because it wasn't good, but just because we're always trying just to happens. read a bunch of new stuff <laughs> yep. all the time. Always behind. But, uh, yeah, and I thought I was I was kind of excited to jump back into that story and find out what was going on. And I thought this was really well done. Yeah, and by the end of the – they've basically reassembled as a team and are trying to, like, take care of each other. And then there's a – Basically, two pages where like you realize that they are quickly going to be in over their heads again. Yeah, and the cool thing, pretty that, awesome. So the cool thing about this is like yeah, Dennis Hopeless has written these characters for a long time, so he has yeah. he has a pretty good pretty good handle on them, and so they all feel very different and distinct. So. Yeah, Plus, Death Locket is cool. Yeah, Death Locket is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, Next, we've got another Avengers book that came out this week. This is Secret Avengers, number one. This is the uh, 14th Secret Avengers, number one, <laughs> that's come out. Uh, this is written by Alice Cott, who wrote Change and also wrote um, – has he written other superhero stuff? He was working yeah. on Secret Avengers before this. Okay. But he's doing Zero. And he's doing Zero, yeah. I think is kind of art, the best thing right the now. And the art in this is by Michael Walsh, who has done a bunch of stuff recently, but there's nothing – 
I can't remember what. <laughs> did you do a part of uh, Zero? <laughs> yeah, maybe he did. But uh, this is about just basically another Secret Avengers team uh, that Pretty is... Pretty much the same Avengers, Secret yeah, Avengers team. Yeah, it's uh, what? Coulson, Phil Coulson, right. Agent Coulson, uh, Spider-Woman, right. uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Nick Fury... And I guess Modoc, Modoc, yeah. <laughs> which yep. is which is yeah the and crazy Maria part. Hill, of this. I guess I was I was uh, telling people uh, my favorite thing about this book is it seems like uh, they've really written Hawkeye in a way that is yep. similar to the way that Hawkeye is written. In I was the about book to say Hawkeye. if you are jonesing for Hawkeye, the current series, this is probably the best book to get. Also, well, it's funny because it's not exactly like Hawkeye, but he feels like that Hawkeye. Yeah, that's what I right, mean. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like the tone of it is very like. Yeah, it's that same kind that of kind superior of foes of Spider-Man, yep. Hawkeye thing. It's it's Marvel doing what they do really well right now, which is make fun of themselves a little bit and have uh, a great time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and just fun. have a great time. Yeah. So, the, what what would you say is the main plot of this? There's like kind of there's two or three things going on. It's kind yeah, of yeah, everybody's like, kind of being attacked by different factions of AIM. And I guess oh. the main thing though is there's this uh, either Rogue Shield agent or um, somebody disguised somebody, as a Shield or, agent yeah. who is uh, basically just killing everybody. Right. Basically. Gets into Shield and just starts taking yeah. everything out. And mixed with finding out that Modok is now working for Shield, which that happened br- at the end of the last Secret okay. Avengers. Which That's is great. great. So and good. then also mixed with uh, a naked Hawkeye, uh, Spider Woman, and Black Widow flying into space in a car. Yep, <laughs> it's pretty great. Those yeah. are the main things that happen in this book, yeah. and uh, all those with things a are a lot of fighting and hilarity and crazy. There's a couple of funny jokes because uh, Nick Fury and Coulson are fighting um, an old Excalibur villain called the Fury. And so there oh, right. a lot of jokes about Fury, like, oh, we're fighting Fury. Like, no, you're Fury. You know, it's like yeah. playing on the name. But I thought fun. it was great, though. I've been so, I'm sort of uh, disenchanted with Secret Avengers recently. It's just, I don't know if it's because there's just been too many of them. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of like it when it starts and then it gets away from me. But I, th- of all the times that it's restarted, this has been my favorite so far. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty yeah. great. And I, I like... Uh, I think the stuff with Modoc is is pretty fantastic. I, I think everything in this, like, there's just like high highlight, and then it yeah. has crazy stuff happen, and there's another highlight. Like, there's a scene where, uh, who is it? Uh, Black Widow and who's she hanging out with? Spider-, Spider Woman. And Spider Woman are basically taking a spa day, and the end of their spa day is going to a secret target range, which includes giant Hulk fists, like all the kids buy. To like just play around and beat stuff up, it's amazing. And Modok's experiments are pretty funny. Yeah, it's like he's, he's like, all oh. trying to make evil things for. He's like, look at my works, ye mighty, and <laughs> there's like a monkey with three arms. There's a a fung- fungus growing machine gun and a, a and, rat a, with and an a mouse with a, brain, a yeah. mouse with a syringe on his back. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like funny. my super secret yeah. weapons. Um, yeah, because so I, good because Alice caught. Before, like, this is funnier than his Secret Avengers was before, right? Yeah, yeah, because he was co-writing it with Nick Spencer. Yeah, and I think the Nick Spencer stuff was, like, more, like, covert ops spy stuff, more like the activity or something like that. But, uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, All right, uh, up next, we've got a new horror comic from Boom. Boom. This this is called The Returning, uh, written by Jason Starr with art by Andrea Moody. And, uh, yeah, this is about... People dying and coming back to life. But not as uh, zombies. But not as zombies, yeah. yeah it's, the way they're calling it is they're calling it near-death experience is, like, how they're treating it. So not people are not quite dying. Because, NDEs, as they like to yes. call it a bunch of times on this comic. Uh, <laughs> but the twist on it is that these people who have basically died but come back, uh, a lot of them are coming back changed or, like, different personalities and often committing horrible acts. So it's kind of like people are starting to panic that, like, 
it's not just that they've almost died or come back from death or whatever, but they've been turned or possessed or something monstrous has happened to them. So, of course, that's one of the, the main things is that yeah. one of the, the main characters uh, quickly gets in bad circumstances. Yeah, if I, the main story follows this girl, Beth, who uh, goes out. Uh, this stuff has already been happening, and she's going out for prom night. Uh, and because people are who have had these near-death experiences are attacking people, she has to take a... Um, uh, chaperone with her, her in, brother. in the form of her <laughs> older brother. Yep. Um, I think it's a little weird that, like, not that many people have near-death experiences, so there can't be that many of these crazy people right. out there. But anyway. No, um, no, I think that's the way. It's just people are coming back, and they're just calling it near-death experiences. Like, people who legitimately should have died are coming back. Oh, okay. I thought it was, like, like, people who see the light or whatever. No, no. Like, this, are... is, this is much more that, like, I think they set that part up really well, that, like, it's this kind of weird, everyone's a little paranoid, and, like, you can't tell if there's a lot of crazy people or, like, something has happened, and you, I think for me it was that this is happening I mean, that's why a lot of people, though, if you think about, like, people that get resuscitated. Yeah. How often does that happen? Probably, like... But in this act, it's like like every one out of ten people or something right. like that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so she gets in a car accident and uh, has a really terrible near-death experience that kind of explains why these people go crazy. Um, and she comes back, and uh, so uh, people are monitoring her and stuff like that. And everybody and then, hates her because they assume that she caused the accident. And then and she's, she's going to kill everybody. Yeah, right. um, and then uh, it seems like maybe she does kill some people or you're not sure if she does or not and then it turns into a mysterious guy shows up and they hit the road yeah i did not like this i really i, I, oh, I thought it was at cool fir- at first i was like i don't really like this and then as i started reading i was like oh, this is getting better and i kind of liked it but then i was like thinking about it as i went along and i was like nah because yeah, i don't like it because first of all <laughs> the one thing that bothered me the most i think in the beginning was that she goes to the prom with, like, this uh, jock guy, and, of course, he's, like, he's taking her somewhere to rape her. I was like, really? No, I was like, this is, this is happening. I was like, this uh, is not. He's like, no way, babe. I'm getting late tonight. You're coming with me. I was like, really? Is this, is this happening again? Like, uh, I have seen this in a million things before, and I, it's uh, just what, why? And then um, I kind of like the idea of, like, these people coming back, but the way that it's explained is just too. Yeah, I think my- too much exposition. Like, I was talking about earlier how, like, you just got to show stuff and let it happen. And in this, it's like five. Th- like, there's a part where the, the part where they actually get into the car accident has like, you know, like 10, like boxes full of like text. And I'm like, like during the car accident, I'm like, why don't you show the car accident? So don't explain it. Yeah, I think uh, I think what I w- wasn't into was that uh, it seemed like it just took itself very seriously. And I thought that it was kind of uh, I thought the writing was a little corny. Um, and that people are constantly saying exactly what they're thinking all the That's time. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, I, yeah, but uh, but there was still interesting stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I definitely liked the idea of it. I, I liked, liked it. I liked it because it's. It, I thought it handled very subtly. Like I said, it was kind of the slow build up of like that. Her dad has like a million locks on the door, and like you, that there, people are still trying to carry on a normal life, but like. Yeah, people no, they, are also panicking at the same time. So and I, I think that's the best stuff about better, it. Yeah, than most yeah. like is like establishing the apocalypses or yeah. like you know weird supernatural events. And I liked her relationship with her dad and her brother, and yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. And I, I feel it, like it could have either for me. I guess it, it it should have either been a little bit darker or a little bit lighter. Yeah, um, just a little was, less exposition. Yeah, um, but it was somewhere in between that just didn't quite work for me. And but, also, but you know what? I'm going to read the next issue. Yeah, <laughs> and also something that's that I I can never excuse in a comic is a bad cliffhanger. I don't think this There's, is a good cliffhanger. Yeah, really? it's not the best. There's an yeah. ad for Lumberjanes in the back, though, so that's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, um, the, and the woods, which looks really Yeah, the woods looks great. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like just this like cliffhanger that's just like, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay. It, yeah. It's, it doesn't make me want to read more. I'm just like, eh. Uh, yeah, so that's the returning number one. It's okay. But split split opinions. Yeah. We're going to have them sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually we just review stuff we like. Uh, sometimes it's fun to talk about stuff that, you know, yeah, we're not necessarily into. Variety. Uh, well, you know, I hate everything, so it's <laughs> fine. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got uh, a comic that I thought I wasn't going to like, but I actually did like. This is Magnus Robot Fighter. Me Number too. one. Well, I thought we would have a split opinion on this, nope. but we all liked it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, this is written by Fred Van Lenty, who uh, is great. wrote uh, all kinds of stuff. Hercules. Uh, Hercules. Incredible Hercules. Incredible Hercules. <laughs> uh, yeah, which are his best uh, things. And then, Archer and Armstrong, which yep. is great. Uh, and then the art in this is by Corey Smith, who I don't know, but I really like the art in this. Yeah. Uh, so this follows Coach Magnus. Coach Magnus? Who yeah. will become yep. a robot fighter. It's <laughs> a good setup. Uh, so Magnus Robot Fighter is yet another of those old gold key comics that have been rebooted a million times over the years was it the 60s the 50s it was the 60s yeah and this is the second in that uh reboot line this is uh, but i'm saying like other people have tried to reboot this sure valiant a couple years ago and uh at some point after that like dark horse maybe i can't remember yeah Yeah, maybe dark horse but now dynamite has the rights and uh they did turok Turok. which has been fun so far yep and this is their second one of their reboot series and then Uh, the next one actually um looks really good too so uh it's uh, what See, is the next Solar, one? Solar. Solar. Do- no, Doctor Specter, written by Mark Wade. So oh, we yeah. also got Solar Man of the Atom. Yeah, no, I that's, think that's, that's all of them. Yeah, so there's yeah. four of them. So, uh, but yeah, we're but we're talking about Magnus. We are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the original Magnus was some very pulpy sci-fi thing where a dude there's like a, a world that had been conquered by robots and the guy had been trained in the martial arts to basically be strong enough to fight robots in hand-to-hand kung fu style. This one takes a nice twist on that rather than just trying to do a, a more modern update where it sets it up that he's a coach in a very small mountain town where uh, there's a lot of robots. So you get the hint that it's slightly in the future. There's like, you know, robots working with people. And the and robots like, are basically servants in that. Right, right. But it's like it's not super high tech. There's just like elements of it where like yeah, the robots are like robots tanks traveling like around heads. and can do some stuff. There's like computer screens that talk to people. There's like training robots. But does but, it seem like there have been attacks before from robots? No. I, I, I couldn't tell if beginning. he was training this kid to fight robots or not, or if he just was sparring a robot. Yeah, it was just a sparring okay. robot. So basically, <laughs> right. all the robots in this are kind of like slaves or servants, and they're kind of uh, bulky and uh, just just funny looking. Like, there's yeah. one like, very... where he's fishing with a robot, and the robot is giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because it's like a thresher tractor as well, right. but also it's like his dad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty nuts, but... Uh, yeah, so it goes through that, and then all and then of a sudden, crazy yeah, stuff happens. Uh, all of a sudden, robots attack, and within two pages, Magnus has been captured, and he's on another planet, and uh, that is run by robots. Well, it feels like this was like a, a virtual reality thing yep. or something, right? Yeah, he wakes up, and he's in some sort of giant machine, and he runs outside, and he is standing on a giant city that's been built on top of New York, where he's literally at the, he's just standing on the street, and it's at the height of the head of the Statue of Liberty, and there's robots everywhere, and automatic cars, and crazy computer scans everywhere it's very high-tech creepy invasive future oh so this was a false world i thought it was like oh, his, yes. i thought it was like his memories i thought they were like I think rewriting it's his memories or whatever. i think it's we his memories know. and a false reality that yeah. was like he was just trapped in for a long time yeah so i thought it was how he ended up there but also he's in this virtual reality world or right. whatever but we yeah, know. all kinds of. But kinds yeah, of stuff. he wakes up and it's like kind of mysterious. Like he's got like maybe some powers. Like he can kind of see through disguises and see that these people. He could tell who's human and who's a robot. 
Yeah, like this is much more advanced so that ro- like a lot of people that look human are actually re- very realistic robots. Yeah, it's got a very like they live kind of thing yep. where he can see like yeah. people that are robots, how they can see He can see the robot aliens. faces and he's like, what's wrong, buddy? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's also kind of super powered maybe. Yep, there's a scene where he does a hand karate chop and cuts a robot in half with it. Which is several a, times. Which is uh, the classic sort of, um, yep. it's, it's basically the Magnus robot fighter equivalent of like Superman holding a car over his head. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just thought this was really well done. The action was good. The art was, uh, you know, simple, but in a really good way. Yeah, I um, love the art when it was in the the weird alternate reality. And I the modern, more more futuristic stuff, I feel like, I don't know if just the palette changed or his style changed a little bit. Uh, I think it gets a lot darker. I think um, it's just those couple pages where they're fighting is a little weird. It looks like yeah. maybe some of the panels were blown up but um but yeah i just i'm just saying i like the I th- older style better. i think generally though like the stuff where he's outside and that in those scenes is great so but, i think it's just those last few pages um looked like they're too heavily inked or something like that but uh yeah overall it was a really fun book yeah yeah i liked it yeah uh all right up next we've got a uh a hardcover graphic novel this is called ama this is written and drawn by Frederick Peters. One mm-hmm. of our favorites. Uh, yep, who who did previously Sandcastle, or Drew at least, and also Drew Coma and uh, Pachyderm. Both top ten books of 2013. 2013? Yeah. And Coma was probably top, top ten, 10 of 2012. 2012. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is his new thing. Usually he works with a writer, but he wrote this one himself. And this is a sci-fi comic about a couple of brothers going into outer space. Uh, this is unusual That's because true. it's uh, an ongoing series. Not like Homeboys in Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an ongoing series, uh, which I believe is going to be five books. So this came out in France in 2011. And last year it won for the award at Angoulême Big Comics Festival for the best series, which implies that books two and three, which haven't come out in English yet, are super awesome. Uh, but basically, it's these two brothers, of one of whom is basically completely down on his luck, has lost his his wife, his daughter, his home, his, his prospects, everything is gone. And he's basically a washed-up drug addict living in the lowest slum of this giant city. And then his brother, who he hasn't seen in 10 years, who's been much more of a go-getter, kind of, you know, make you know take charge of the world and go get what he needs, uh, shows up again. And uh, he is now working as this kind of... Why do you say enforcer agent for the Galactic Federation type stuff? He just goes around and takes care of problems. He's kind of a troubleshooter and says, hey, brother, you know, clearly you need a change of pace. Just come with me. And he says, sure, why not? They end up going with uh, his brother's cool robot uh, bodyguard who looks like a a giant ape, a gorilla, uh, to an alien planet where there is a strange – we're not quite sure if it's the atmosphere or – Something about it called Ama, which is the, right. it's the atmosphere. It's like the whatever's going on on that planet that makes people die. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so the they're there to get something back from the group of scientists who are there, who have been abandoned on this planet for the last five years with no contact. So things have gone a little awry. And he works for the corporation that, that abandoned them there. Them there. Yep, um, which is called what is it called? Mui Tang or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, something like that. Mui Tang or something like that. Um, and so. I, I, as it goes along, it gets more and more interesting. Like, um, well, I, did you say the very beginning starts with him like waking up with no that. memories? Yeah, so it starts with him like waking up in the middle of like a what looks like a volcano about to erupt, and he's doesn't have any memories of 
of who he is and how he got there, and and the rest of the story is him reading this journal, his own journal, supposedly. Um, yeah, written about by himself. what has happened over like the last few weeks, and the robot. What's the robot's name? Oh, the robot. Oh uh, man, I forget his name. Whatever. Uh, but he's uh, he's a he's an ape. He's a gorilla. And he's yeah. missing legs. Yeah. So that's the thing. The gorilla <laughs> robot in the current time has been he has replacement legs. All right. So clearly, some crazy stuff has happened. Uh, and his brother's not there. His brother's disappeared. They have to walk across this world all they, over the course of like seven days. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this is all very recent that this stuff's been happening. Uh, so it's kind of unfolding this mystery as to what's really going on. Plus, there's, like, weird stuff with him trying to... the Churchill is the name thank of you. the Churchill, girl. Churchill, the oh, girl, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, trying to deal with, like, his uh, his ex-wife and, like, the kid he can't see anymore. Yeah, he's not allowed to see his, that. Uh, his, his child. So there, there's some slightly dream and sequencey stuff, and yeah, you think like at first you're like, oh, he's such a loser, you know, he's just drug addict down on his luck. But then you see the stuff that happened to him, and it's pretty depressing. He got conned out oh, of yeah. all of his uh, his dad's store, and somebody robbed him, and took all of his stuff, and some like kind looking old man like drugged yep. him and took all of his stuff. Um, and then you know he's going to this world, and he's like, yeah, whatever, I'll go, I'll go along with this. Um, and when he gets there, like the world is so strange, like. Uh, First of all, everybody in this world has um, kind of uh, implants that allow them to do certain things. And uh, his brother offers to give him one. He he doesn't want to have any anymore. And his brother's like, oh, you need this one because you can't breathe the air here. And he's like, give me an old-fashioned spacesuit spacesuit with (laughs) a helmet. And then he instantly falls down and breaks open and he needs to get an implant. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, once you meet all these characters that, that are on this planet, they're all very interesting and very distinct. Um, yeah, you're not quite sure what's happened. Like yeah, well, the you, scientists yeah. have already split into two factions. Yeah, they start sure telling you like, why like they've been factions. abandoned on this planet for five years, and they're all working at cross purposes. And, and all the robots on the planet have gone haywire and yep. kind of tried to kill everybody. Um, it's very interesting, and the one of the it, there's a lot of weird mysteries set up. Like once he gets there, there's also this little girl that's part of the group that looks exactly like his um, estranged, you know, daughter. daughter. Yep. Um, who was a mute? There, there's this like so many. Who was a mute? Which is exactly like his daughter on. because yeah. his daughter has uh, some some sort of disorder that you're you're not quite aware of yet. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating and and just this world is very interesting and everything that's happening is is great. I don't know. It's one of the best recent books I read. Yeah, he's so. It's good. Frederick Peters. I mean, it's yeah. Great. He's basically <laughs> just the, the, a creator now that everything he touches you want. And read. I'm so happy that this is a multi-book series. And the too. art in this is a little bit different than his other stuff too. That's true. I think it's cool that he can do a lot of different things. Right. Like in Coma, he had that very like animation influenced art, and this I think is- in Pachyderm it was like. Uh, everything was like a little bit weirdly cartoony because yeah. it was so like trippy. And then uh, Sandcastle was all like, you know, uh, brushed black and white right. stuff. And I think this is seems more influenced by like uh, stuff like Mobius. Yeah, and, this is straight up Mobius. Yeah. And uh, because of that is very awesome looking yeah. in, its, in its own right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. loved it. That's Ama, you guys. Get so, it. Uh, two A's. An M and a thirty. So three A's <laughs> all together. Uh, up next, we've got a little mini comic. This is called Arthur Turnkey. Uh, this is part one of. I, I mean, guess Arthur we'll... Turkey. Uh, ha, 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 <laughs> that's what people say. Uh, yeah, and this is just kind of about a kid who gets bullied in school, and then uh, and he's in love with his girl. But then when he sneezes, he gets transported to a weird land where he fights in gladiator arenas. <laughs> yep. And uh, he, uh, when he comes back to his regular life uh, from sneezing again. He realizes he doesn't like it, and so he just tries to sneeze and go back and fight gladiator stuff again. He, he also realizes <laughs> that uh, 
whatever he does in that world affects the real world. Right, right. Yep. So he sees that the whatever this world he's going to and the real world uh, are are tied together very closely. And it's interesting. Yeah. And that's pretty much about it. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah, very, it's, short. it's, it's, it's very short. It's very short. But it was, yeah, I thought it was really fun. And, uh, yeah. And I, I think good for kids, too, which is something yeah. you don't find in mini comics mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> right. uh, but it had a cute art style and kind of reminded me of, uh, what did it remind me of? I don't know. Some uh, cute stuff. Yeah, some cute stuff. Kind of like, uh, who's the guy that does kinda like the Jeff Rogan Rogan books? Oh, uh, Chris Schweitzer. Schweitzer. Yeah. yeah. Schweitzer. Uh, and like, it's like a cartoony yeah. Influence style, yeah. It's yeah. good. And that's it. Arthur Turnkey, part one. Good little book. Good yep. little book. Uh, and then uh, we got just two more books. Up first is Captain Marvel number one. This is written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who was drawing Captain Marvel before. Writing. And, uh, yeah, sorry, who was writing before. And art by David Lopez, who was writing, drawing some X-Men stuff recently. Yep. And has done a bunch of different He's stuff. He's great. But uh, this kind of picks up where the last Captain Marvel series left off. So, did she write the whole so, last Captain Marvel yeah. series? Yeah. So, this is all just kind of like a, a relaunch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so but this we one start, has really good art. <laughs> we kind of start in the future, which a lot of comics do these days. Right. But uh, I will skip past that a little bit and uh, say we start with uh, Captain Marvel living in the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and uh, this little girl... So, basically, there was the Enemy Within story that was all about uh, how Captain Marvel couldn't use her powers... Uh, because she had cancer, and every time she used her powers, it made it worse. It was kind of a spin on the old death of Captain Marvel, which was really right. interesting. And this girl, Kit, that she met is kind of teaching her how to be Captain Marvel again. Right. And um, through sort of a series of events, Kit and her mother ended up living with her, and now they live in the Statue of Liberty, right? which is pretty awesome. Yep. But um, this is about... Uh, you know, Carol Danvers still kind of wondering what she wants to do. She's kind of lost and restless. Yeah, because she got rid of the the cancer, the brain tumor, but it all affected her memory, so she doesn't remember a lot of her life. Yeah, so she's just kind of, she's kind of just doesn't, it seems like she doesn't know what to do with herself. Yeah, and they, they address that in way. here as well. And then she gets an offer, basically, to uh, head up or be part of a team of Avengers that is stationed in outer space. Right. And uh, she decides to go. They want. They basically want to have like an emissary that's kind of like a rotating to you know rotating group of Avengers that go into space and kind of which is what I sort of thought Sword was. Yeah, yeah. no, Sword is like they they protect Earth, and these are like more like diplomats. They go to like other planets and you know do diplomatic. Yeah, stuff. so um, it's it's uh, so that's kind of where it starts and ends to a certain extent yeah uh, it's a lot about her relationship with uh with roadie for for a good chunk of it an iron um, man it's just it's a lot of good like character moments with her kind of interacting with her friends and yeah so about the character moments this is really well written it's yeah. so good like it's so good there's sh- there's like a little uh we we're talking about people overwriting and things like right. that yep. there's a little thing at the end that's like four uh four text squares long that could like make you cry. It's so good. Right. Like it's yeah. so good. Um, and yeah, Kelly Sue DeConnick is just a really good writer, and I think she knows how to put layers into her writing uh, while still making things fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So basically, the way this book starts is she's already in outer space, and it's this crazy, like, fun sort of Indiana Jones scene. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, that's like on you an know, alien market with all kinds of yeah crazy stuff. It's like happening. the market scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, it's great. And this whole book is fantastic. It, you don't have to have read any other Miss Mar or Captain Marvel to read it. Yeah. And uh, I thought the last uh, Captain Marvel started with like uh, it was good, but it had terrible art, and so I didn't keep yeah, up with yeah, it. Yeah, um, Dexter. Or whatever. But anyway. this one has great art 
and it's just it's great. It's straight off the bat, just like awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, great art, uh, great story, and the writing is just so so very good. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, one last book this week. Uh, something we've all been excited about. Uh, so this has been a big week of Stray Bullets. Basically, they put out the huge Stray Bullets book that collects one through forty-one, right? Yep. And uh, to coincide with issue forty-one, actually finally coming out this week, which was the end of the last storyline. Yep. And then. Uh, and then also the beginning of a new Stray Bullets series uh, called Stray Bullets Killers. And this is issue one, which is uh, written and drawn by David Lapham. And, as all of it is. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, as is all Stray Bullets. And, uh, and uh, it's a, basically about a little kid that sneaks into a strip club. Uh, so David Lapham's Stray Bullets series is basically like really great character studies. Uh, kind of told in a Sin City style where often, like, supporting characters will kind of tie together or, you're, like, someone will be involved in the background or whatever. But a little uh, more, like, are, slice of life kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, this is just Not like Sin City where it's like, oh, it's dark and mysterious. Right, right, right. I'm just, sorry, sorry. The, the rain the, is pouring on my head. <laughs> the character uh, connections of Sin City. Right. Um, but these are often set in the 70s and 80s, so you get, like, a, a retro feel. They're often running around Baltimore. Um, and... It's just often, I think he kind of described it, as like, described it as like where a stray bullet will just, you know, be shot by someone and affect someone's life horribly. Right. And so these are all just like random connections and interactions, often with a, a very tough group of people. These, these are crime stories, basically, with a, a dramatic story with a crime veneer. Uh, so this poor kid uh, <laughs> starts sneaking into strip clubs in the back of his dad's car when his dad is going off to the strip clubs. And runs into one of the toughest recurring characters in this, uh, Scotty, uh, who's just basically this long-haired dude who's pretty chill but is really a really no-nonsense, tough, mean character. He's kind of like a hitman. Uh, pretty much an enforcer. Hired, or or hired gun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's working at, at the basically helping run the strip club. And it's just the kid. This who, kid becomes kind of like he starts idolizing him. Yeah, he just kind of gets, you know, he's this kind of outsider kid who... Uh, yeah, just sees how cool basically Scott is, and uh, no, how cool he thinks he is. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets like uh, a no nonsense. He drives guy. him home, and he gets he gets caught up in a shootout. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, Scotty sees someone and decides to kill him while driving this kid home right. in his car, uh, which is kind of the straight bullets idea there. That just like you know, this kid just happened to get in the car with this guy to get a ride home, and just gets involved in this horrible incident. Well, I thought it was a straight sort of uh, homage to the first issue of Straight yep. Bullets, which is about a kid that uh, hides in the trunk of a car and gets uh, involved in some crime stuff, right? Uh, he they have bodies in the trunk of the car. I just read it today. So, so yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this. So that's kind of the main story of this, which yeah. is a cool crime story. But I think there's also a lot of just what makes Stray Bullets really good, which is, uh, like, I think how uh, David Lapham takes these different groups and kind of mix them, mixes them yeah. together. Like, the kids have their own hierarchy of, of right. like, what they're doing, and they want to see pictures of boobs and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there are these adults that are in this other world. Uh, and maybe like you know his father and his mother in this kind of on one level of uh, adult world. Yeah, but yeah. then like the you know uh, is it Scotty is the guy's yep. name and uh, the people at the strip club are obviously involved in this whole other thing and how he kind of makes all those worlds intersect and overlap with each other yeah. is something that he does really well that I think a lot of other people don't. Um, and also it's it's very good with kind of telling a almost subtle background story. Yeah, yeah. where like you're not you're not hundred percent sure what happened. 
with with the backstory, but you kind of know you can you're, figure it out on your own. You're, you're basically not... following it from the point of view of the kid, and so right. stuff that's happening outside of his knowledge, you have to put together the pieces. Yeah, and it's like um, like every every different section has their own sort of language as well. Like the kids talk a certain way, and then you know the the adults say things, and they're they're interesting things. How like like kids will grab onto one thing, you know, like right. um, like, and that's kind of why he thinks Scotty's cool because he's just picking these certain things that yeah, he says that he cool kind bits, of yeah. is interested in. Um, and yeah, the whole thing's just really well done. I don't know. It's, yeah, and one thing that's interesting stylistically is Lapham kind of said. So this was the first comic he did uh, after he actually had been working for Valiant uh, way back when they started up as just an artist. Yeah, he, he was started... doing Archer and Armstrong, right? I think so. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, and, but then he started writing and drawing this as opposed to just write, uh, drawing uh, <coughs> for Valiant and kind of exploded out the, the door. But he said the thing that really freed him up a lot was deciding to just do basically simple layouts of eight panels per page which this is broken away from a little bit more he'll have like bigger panels but basically still on the the two by four grid uh and he's just like i just wanted to simply tell a story i didn't have to do any formalistic tricks kind of like we were talking about earlier for how things can be done differently in comics well and especially during the the sort of valiant time period it was all about huge splashes and people like busting out of panels and stuff like that and uh yeah I, i could see why He'd be into that. Well, and one thing about Stray Bullets, it's always been very cinematic. Yes. And yeah. uh, and I think sometimes that can be a negative. If people are right. sort of slaves to film, like I think the Sin City books are garbage. <laughs> um, and they're this... Anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But uh, um, but I think he, he does sort of cinematic stuff in an interesting way, like in his staging. And everything is composed in a way that reminds me a lot of film, like all the, yeah. all the shots and the panels and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I don't this know. It's one of the best single issues I've, I've read in a very long time. I, I was just like, by the end, I was like, this is great. And I, and I hadn't read a lot of Stray Bullets. I read like three issues maybe. Uh, and then I decided I'm going to read all of it in the next like week or two. Yeah, so it was the, so good. Yeah, and so this is, uh, I guess this is, the end of this story like the next one will be a different story but it'll probably kind of all tie together yeah they'll yeah. kind of take place in the same universe possibly some of them at the same time yeah they've always so taken like, place yeah, scotty has shown up in a lot of other comics uh not always is a prominent a role in this so i'm sure that and the thing that a lot of these stray bullet stories often jump in time so they're not necessarily all in chronological or sequential order so you kind of have to put together what's happened be- to right. people between issues and stuff but it's it's amazing yeah so yeah if you haven't read them like we said that huge collection of the first 41 issues is only 60 dollars it's 56 dollars no it's 59.99 and uh yeah yeah Yeah. so we'll cut that part out (laughs) that's a weird number yeah (laughs) but it's amazing uh so definitely get these yeah yeah it's awesome they're good highest recommendation and this issue is great and uh yeah definitely also you don't have to read all that other stuff to read this nope yep uh all right well that is it for this week's episode of the big planet comics podcast yeah Yeah. yep have a good one guys yeah see you later